0: Our first speaker this morning is Pat Ottensmeyer, CEO KCS. I'll turn that over to him, and then afterwards we're going to open it up for Q and A. So please get your questions ready. Thank you all. Pat. Okay. <clears throat> uh, thank you, Dennis, uh, um, and uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I realize this uh, conference was originally scheduled to be in Saratoga Springs, which uh, Regrettably, uh, I don't think any of us are there. So I, I agree with Dennis that uh, it'll be very nice to be together again. Uh, it's been a long time, and uh, I, I certainly miss the the interaction and networking that takes place at these conference that I, I think is very important, uh, particularly with our with our customers and shippers. Um, I, I will start by uh, by saying that. Uh, Uh, Dennis and uh, Jason and Scott uh, asked if I would make introductory comments, I think the invitation uh, to do this was extended to me back in November of last year, I believe, so I think it's appropriate for me to make my comments as if it were November of 2020. Uh, and by that I mean there are a lot of things that I am not going to be able to talk about this morning or field questions about. Um, I think Jason will uh, will give a little more color about that when we get into Q&A, uh, but I didn't want to uh, withdraw completely uh, since I know that there are a number of uh, important customers and shippers of, of KCS in the audience, and I certainly wanted to Follow through on, on on the the commitment to uh, participate this year, to the extent I can, which means that obviously I can't take questions on um, the uh, the the obvious uh, topic of interest, which is any uh, merger related activity. But I can talk about a few things. Again, going back to what would I have said to this group had the conference been in uh, in, in November of last year. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, organize my comments this morning around the state of the economy and the outlook. Um, I'll talk about the state of, of service, um, particularly for KCS, but rails a little bit more broadly and then just um, state of supply chains uh, more generally as well. Uh, talk a little bit about USMCA and what I think that means for our company and for our customers and customers. Uh, and some of the investments that we're making to take advantage of the opportunity that I think the new USMCA will present uh, for the North American economy. And then I'll close with a a few uh, comments about ESG and uh, what we are doing at KCS, and and you've heard this across the entire industry, uh, the the commitment that, uh, that we're making to ESG. So first, uh, go back to the state of the economy and the outlook. Um, I think almost everyone, I believe um, uh, all but one of the class one railroads have reported their first quarter earnings. And not surprisingly, it was a a tough quarter across the board, not just for the rails, but for a lot of uh, service, uh, transportation, supply chain based companies, uh, as well as a lot of our manufacturing uh, customers. But it was really uh, interesting. If you break down the three months in the quarter, January actually started out uh, very, very well. Uh, February was one of the worst months any of us can remember with the polar vortex, uh, particularly affecting the US Gulf, uh, Texas, across the mid Gulf, and uh, a big part of our service network, including northern Mexico. Um, this is probably one of the most severe winters in northern Mexico not nearly as bad as, as it was in Texas and other parts of the South uh, Gulf Coast in the U.S. Uh, but uh, the weather did have an impact on industrial activity and in, in our business in, in Northern Mexico as well. Uh, but all things considered, um, we were able to respond reasonably well. Um, and uh, once, once the weather thought out uh, kind of get back to uh, Uh, pre-Vortex service levels fairly quickly. And uh, as a lot of our customers were able to reopen, one thing to, I know many of you are painfully aware of and and remember, a lot of our um, industrial uh, customers, a lot of the facilities that we serve in that region were out of service uh, for uh, several days or even weeks. Uh, because of the weather-related uh, problem, which brought literally brought everything to a halt uh, for for quite a while, uh, worst weather ever recorded in a number of the markets that we serve. Um, but uh, as I mentioned, we were we were able to get back uh, and and moving into the, the second quarter, we're seeing really solid volumes in most of our business units. Uh, but particularly strong in, in ag, in chemicals, in energy, and, uh, and particularly strong in cross-border uh, business that uh, we move either on our own network or in, in conjunction with other railroads uh, between the U.S. and Mexico. It continues to be a really strong part of our portfolio, uh, driven by uh a number of those products, uh, energy-related products, uh, but uh, uh, grain and ag products as well, and chemicals, which in our the way we uh, define our business units, would include uh, refined uh, fuel products, gasoline, diesel fuel, but uh, uh, it's uh, moving uh, primarily uh, from U.S. Gulf Coast refineries into Mexico. Um, in spite of the uh, difficult first quarter, uh, uh, Conditions, uh, uh, we uh, we reiterated our outlook for the full year, uh, which included uh, double-digit revenue growth for the full year. And of course, uh, 2020 was a was was a, an easy comp in many ways because of what happened in the second quarter of last year with the the COVID collapse, but. Uh, As you all know, we did see a a strong and significant rebound in the third and fourth quarter, but our our outlook for the full year of 2021 is for double digit revenue growth. Uh, We also reiterated our capital expenditure target of 17% of revenues. So we're continuing to spend, add capacity uh, to, uh, uh, to try to keep up with uh, with what we see in, in our customer base and, and with our business volumes. Um, I'll touch more about this in, in my second uh, set of comments about service and supply chains, but we're also adding resources, uh, specifically crews and locomotives. Uh, we've brought back uh, uh, all of the locomotives that we had in furlough um, because of the COVID collapse, actually did that, uh, before uh, during either before the first quarter or during the first quarter and uh, and adding crews and, and uh, new training programs to bring crews on uh, as well uh, because of the, the volume and revenue outlook that we see and the demand forecast that we're hearing from our customers um, so with that I'll move to kind of the state of service and uh, and supply chains and All of you know, I'm sure you're seeing in in your business and in your personal lives, uh, that supply chains continue to be stretched. Uh, Capacity is extremely tight. Uh, Whether you're building a new home and see it in building materials and and certainly the prices that are being uh, uh, demanded for those types of products or uh, still purchasing electronics or fitness equipment or any of those kinds of things at the personal level you, uh, you are fully aware of just how tight supply chains are and continue to be as customer behavior, consumer behavior has shifted uh, very rapidly from uh, experiences and service and, and travel uh, to, uh, to purchasing uh, things uh, and, and consuming uh, uh, items instead of experiences. Uh, it, it feels to us like that's going to continue for the foreseeable future, so um, we we would expect that it'll be a while before we see the kind of capacity, um, um, excess capacity or, or capacity cushion, uh, if you want to think of it that way in supply chains, and it's certainly affecting our business as well, as I think it is across the entire industry. Uh, as i mentioned uh, earlier uh, we're continuing with our capex forecast uh, adding capacity uh, yard capacity uh, siding capacity where we see a need but uh, uh, also locomotives bringing back crews really trying to uh, to do everything we can in addition to continuing to uh, focus on our, our psr principles to improve efficiency and um, and, and just the operational effectiveness of, of our railroad. Um, and going back to a second to some of the issues that were a little unique to KCS uh, as a result of either COVID or the, uh, the, the polar vortex, uh, particularly the labor availability in Mexico on into January and even the first, uh, first week or so of February because of the way the Mexican government handled the, um, the the COVID uh, quarantine situation, where they would uh, determine the status of uh, the, the kind of the quarantine level by state uh, every two weeks with a red yellow green uh, uh, scheme of, uh, of determining uh, 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 worker crew availability in our case. Uh, uh, certain segments of the population that were allowed to stay home or ordered to stay home as a result of the COVID, dis- uh, the COVID situation on a state by state basis. So this continued on into Fe- uh, January and February. And when the federal government would determine that a particular state um, went to a red status, we had a severe impact in our crew availability almost immediately that continued on for a two week uh, stretch of time. Uh, in a couple of the major states where we have operations, uh, including Nuevo right across the border from Texas, uh, which includes the city of Monterey, very industrial area, very busy area for us and for our cross border um, um, uh, traffic, uh, went back to red status in the middle of January and continued on for, um, for a month for, for uh, four consecutive weeks, which almost immediately took uh, a 12 to 15% uh, hit in our crew base in that region, which, uh, uh, which uh, uh, as you can imagine, uh, uh, put, put, a, put a lot of strain on our uh, uh, ability to run as efficiently as, as, we, uh, as we needed to given the, the volume levels. So all that uh, I believe is behind us uh, we are feel like we are um, uh, very uh, well resourced at this point, and uh, and certainly given our outlook, uh, continue to invest and uh, and bring resources back to to be able to meet uh, customer demand and get back to the service levels that we we know we can achieve. We were achieving in uh, in the middle of uh, 2019, end of 2019, and, and beginning of 2020 before the COVID. Uh, Roller coaster uh, occurred. Um, so, uh, not yet uh, in a position to feel like we have completely declared victory. Uh, the trends are improving. Uh, and one of the uh, important things that we've done uh, recently uh, with the, the new year and the new sort of uh, in incentive uh, compensation cycles that, uh, that that brings on is added a customer service uh, component to our annual incentive plan for uh, um, a significant number of our management employee base. Uh, So move on quickly here with the other two topics, uh, USMCA. Um, I've I've talked a lot about USMCA and the impact that I think it's gonna have on uh, specifically the Mexican economy and as it relates to our business, the cross-border component which even uh, through the, uh, the dark days of NAFTA 2017, 2018, that cross-border part of our business continued to grow by double-digit volumes almost every quarter, uh, even during the, the worst period of uncertainty with NAFTA. Now that we have a new trade agreement, uh, which represents trade certainty between all three countries for the next uh, 15 years or more, hopefully, uh, I think there will be uh, a, a, a resurgence of investment in, in Mexico and across all of North America uh, that removing that, uh, that uncertainty, that dark cloud that existed when NAFTA was uh, under attack um, is, uh, is a huge factor in, in creating a more attractive investment climate for North America. And then you couple uh, that with what we're seeing in supply chain world with supply chain strategy shifting to a, uh, to, to a de-risking profile, de-risking and shrinking global supply chains is definitely occurring. Uh, and when you put that together, the, the pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons about these extended global supply chains. Uh, the, uh, the other factors, the chip shortages that are affecting the auto industry and appliances and electronics, I think all of those factors point to a very uh, attractive, very healthy investment climate for North America and and specifically for Mexico as well. Um, So I can't give you a long list of shovel ready projects. We have seen some new investment and new plants opening, uh, but uh, we do know and and believe that uh, that that, uh, will be very favorable uh, factor for North American growth, in, in, in obviously including Mexico. And then finally, on the ESG front, uh, I think you're seeing this across the uh, the board as well. Uh, the railroads, I think, are very focused on uh, improving their uh, taking advantage of the the uh, the natural uh, advantage that uh, the rail has over truck today, just with existing technology, just the fact that. We can move four times more freight uh, on the same fuel consumption than uh, than truck, but all of us are doing things to improve our own ESG profile, including efficiency, new technologies. So it's not just the the current state, the current uh, advantage that rail has over truck, but the things that all of us are doing, and certainly at KCS, to improve our, our fuel efficiency further to study and introduce new technologies. Uh, And uh, and I think that all bodes very well, uh, particularly in the current uh, 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 government regulatory environment for uh, for growth in rail. And and, um, uh, that should uh, be something that I think our our shippers are very interested in as well uh, as they look for strategies and alternatives to reduce their, their carbon footprint. And then, in addition to, to fuel, um, we have uh, I mentioned that we have introduced uh, safety or uh, service uh, components to our incentive comp plans, uh, as well as safety. So we uh, we continue to be very focused on safety, and um, uh, we have uh, recently added uh, safety measures and, and metrics to our management <coughs> management incentive uh, plans. Uh, in addition to service. Uh, that I mentioned earlier. So um, with that, I think we have a few minutes uh, for some questions. and uh, Jason, I think you're going to be the the, uh, the the monitor and the protector of, of me for uh, for questions from the audience.
1: Monitor ringleader, I, I've gone by a lot of different ac- uh, names here. Um, so uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, that you use the nears app uh, to ask uh, Pat any questions or, Uh, questions uh, at uh, nears.org get them in and so um, as we can uh, wait for some of the ones to come in you know pat i i have ones you as you look out for a few years you know just talking about your own railroad right now where do you see the mix changing of your business between the u.s and mexico and then also commodities because it sounds like you're expecting mexico to outgrow your u.s portion of the business
0: well, I think uh, you know a lot of the the growth that we see is is cross border. So there will be growth components uh, on on both sides of the border. Uh, I still think there is uh, there's there's tremendous opportunity in intermodal. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know we have a relatively small share of the cross border truck market, and uh, whether it's ESG or things that we're doing to improve the flow, the efficiency of the way we move uh, uh, trains across the border, working with our partners, getting them engaged to provide the equipment and other things that are necessary. One thing I didn't mention in um, my comments about USMCA and longer term capital, um, I think many of you uh, noticed that we applied for and received approval for a second uh, bridge at Laredo, Texas significantly improving capacity. And again, that's uh, very much tied into our belief about the growth of of, um, uh, industrial activity and uh, new business in addition to market share gains that we think are possible for cross-border intermodal. But I think automotive, their market share gains, uh, truck versus rail, uh, uh, rail versus uh, 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 vessel, uh, that, uh, that I think uh, we see as a growth opportunity for us. And then uh, we think there's growth for many years ahead in uh, energy products. Um, in spite of a lot of the, the concerns and questions about the uh, Mexican government's position on uh, energy reform, uh, the fact is they, they will need imported fuel for many years to come. They've always had it. Uh, Pemex uh, owns a refinery in Texas, so they've always imported a lot of fuel. And, uh, and we see a lot of uh, uh, growth opportunities. Obviously, the growth rates will come down from what we've experienced over the last few years, which have been extraordinarily high. But, uh, but I think those are the, the areas that, uh, that we see being sort of the oversized growth uh, uh, areas for us in cross-border. And those are, you know, all of those Will involve revenue and volume for us on both sides of the border, not just in Mexico.
1: Okay, great. We have uh, we have one here uh, from the audience, uh, Pat. I believe one of your customers. Uh, can you say a little more about adding a customer service component to incentives at KCS? What measures are you focusing on?
0: We're met, we're focused on trip plan compliance, and uh, the uh, the measures will be year-over-year uh, year improvement in, in trip plan compliance. We think uh, that is uh, probably the best metric to use for how our customers are, are feeling and, and seeing our, our service, the way we touch them uh, versus uh, broader, higher-level metrics like velocity and dwell, which are, which are important uh, measures in terms of the, the health of the overall network but when we talk about improvements in velocity and dwell uh, on a specific customer basis, uh, they don't always equate to the, what our customers are experiencing and the way we touch them and the way we serve them. So the measure we're going to use for incentive comp purposes will be trip plan compliance.
1: Perfect. Um, well, I'm getting the uh, uh, the hook here on, on my my text from some of the people that we're, we're running over time because we have... We have some more after this. Pat, uh, on, on behalf of Nears, let me just thank you so much for taking time. I, we all know how busy you are right now, and uh, we all want to, you know, wish you and the rest of KCS the best.
0: Thank you very much, Jason, and have a terrific conference and look forward to seeing you all in person very soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys.